0: Indeed, welcome home. So, we're so happy and thrilled today to have missionary Scott Pongrants. I I knew Scott initially uh, through his parents. Dan and Laura Pongrants have been friends of Carl and mine for years. And, matter of fact, we supported them when they went to the mission field, I believe in in South Africa as well, many moons ago, right? And uh, you were raised a lot uh, of your time, was was already there, and got to know him here in Indiana, good friends. Uh, hard to say this, but his dad passed away a couple of years ago. And, boy, that really, Indiana was not the same, has not been the same without him. What an impact he made, though. What a blessing they both were and are. Your mama still is. So we're so glad to have him. Now, I won't tell you this. I thought about it in the first service. You know, Scott, we had you initially and began to support you initially largely because of the relationship I had with your mom and dad. You follow me? Yeah. But I got to tell you, bro, I know your heart better now, we've not been around each other a whole lot, but having seen your heart and your love for God and your love for missions in South Africa, you know, we're going to we're gonna be this for a long, long time, okay? But uh, I'm excited about what God's doing in your life, and so it's not, not just because of your mom and daddy, you're taking up the mantle, and because of what God's doing in you, I see his hand on you, and I thank God for that, I really do. Scott and his wife, family, he'll introduce them in a minute. Uh, been on the field for 10 years in South Africa, in Cape Town, and uh, originally from here. Uh, raised a lot in Indiana, uh, but good old Hoosier boy. And uh, so we're so glad you're here, Scott. Um, we want to be praying for them, so keep that in mind, because they have a burden uh, of not only of the mission field, but they have uh, the difficulties, some of the difficulties is, is in the financial area, and... Uh, other things that we'll talk about later. But we love you, Scott, so God bless you. Let's give a warm welcome and hearty hello, howdy-do to Scott. God bless you, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. It. Thanks. Good morning.
1: Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity to come and to share our hearts with, with the congregation this morning, and uh, it is a joy for us to be here. And uh, we love to come and talk about Africa and talk about what God is doing Uh, through us and through you uh, in South Africa and so it is a privilege for us to be here. I want to introduce to you my family. Uh, They don't always get to travel with me but this weekend is one of my lucky weekends so they are with me and uh, so I would like to introduce you to my wife Erin and uh, that's my wife Erin there, yes. We've been married for 20 years this June and uh, it's hard to believe we were out to dinner a few weeks ago and we were down in Ohio actually and I went to pay the bill at a restaurant, and the waitress goes, so you have all those kids with you? And uh, I'm like, well, my wife, and then we have three, three kids, and she goes, oh, I thought that was your daughter. And I was like, well, I didn't think I was that old, but uh, anyway, so that's my wife. And um, so and then we have three sons, Tyler, who's not with us. He's with Grandma this weekend. He's 14. And then our middle child, Connor. Connor, please stand and just show everybody who you are. He's 12. And then we have Hunter, who was actually born in South Africa, and he's six. And so we are privileged and honored to represent you as a church to South Africa. And uh, I have a video that I want to share with you to tell you a little bit about what we're doing and what we're going to be doing when we go back. And so if you guys can watch this video, and then I'll come back and share a little bit more. Watching that video makes me homesick. And uh, we, we have the privilege to serve uh, with AGWM Africa and urban tribes. And as I said in the video, we are uh, Africa is the fastest urbanizing continent in the world. People are coming from the villages and they're coming to the city centers and they're saying that I want more because they know that there's more out there. So they're wanting to uh, move to the city centers. And our national churches that we partner with, that we've planted churches with in the past, are coming to us saying, Pastor, we don't know how to plant churches in the urban centers. And we need people like you to come and lead a church plant movement so that we can plant churches in the urban centers and reach these people for Christ. And so that's what our family is going to do. We're going to be going back. We're going to be the lead planters, the lead pastors for this urban church plant that we're calling. Uh, Urban tribes is the movement. And uh, so because of that and because of your guys' faithfulness in giving to missions, you guys are going to be part of what we're doing. It's not just Scott and Aaron and our family that's going to go, but as you guys give to your church's missions program, as the church supports us, not only in finances, but in prayer as well, you guys are going to get the credit as well by planning this church in Cape Town. It's great to be a part of God's kingdom because it's God's kingdom. It's not just mine. It's not just yours, but it's ours collectively. It's our responsibility to reach the lost for Christ, and you guys get to be a part of it. For us, we, ask you, we have a few prayer requests that we ask you to pray for. Number one, we ask you to pray for our family. Uh, it's not easy moving back to America when you're used to living in Africa. So pray for my boys and pray for me and my wife, and pray for Urban Tribes, Cape Town, as we begin to um, put the, this dream together on paper and, and figure out exactly our strategy and what God's going to put on our hearts to be able to do this church. Pray for team members. We can't do this alone. We need a group. Uh, we need a team to come alongside us and help us plant that church. And I would encourage you, those those eight people that felt called into full time ministry. Uh, If you feel called to missions, come talk to us today. We'd love to talk to you. And, And then also for finances. You know, the gospel is free, but to deliver the gospel is not. And so we need finances to be able to go and plant a church in this great city. And we know that with your help that we'll be able to do that. And so we covet your prayers. And I want to this morning share a message with you in the few minutes that we have left. And the question that I want to title this message with is, will you say yes? Will you say yes? Today I would like to talk to you about how God has called you and been preparing you for ministry. And I'm not saying that everyone in this room is going to be a full-time pastor or missionary. But as a believer, we have an obligation that God has called every single one of us to go. Some of us he's called to go into the other room in our own house. Some of us he's called to go across the street and reach our neighbors. For some of us he's called us to go to the next cubicle at work. And some of us, he's called to go halfway around the world. But he's called every single one of us to go. And so the question is, will you say yes? Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the earth. You see, God told us specifically that we're supposed to go. It didn't say in that passage that only pastor is supposed to go or missionary is supposed to go. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It says, therefore, meaning every single one of us are to go and that he will be with us in this process. Church, as we look at the world today and we see what's happening uh, on the news and on social media and everything that we see and this COVID 19, all of this stuff that's happening, it's time the church is the church. Because if we don't step up and be the church that God has called us to be, this world is going to go to hell. I said in the first service this morning, as, as a missionary coming in, there's certain things that I can say that Pastor can't say because he has to be here next week. But I'm not going to be here for probably four years plus before you see me again, so I can be a little bit more honest with you and a little bit more direct. So please don't hate the messenger. But it's the truth. And it's time that we, the church, start being the church. Paul wrote a letter to the Philippians. And, and as he's writing this letter, it's Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. In this particular passage of Scripture, Paul is in prison. And he's writing this letter to the church. And he's telling them, he's saying in verse 12, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important to work hard to show the results of your salvation Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Now that one hurts sometimes. Verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like a bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. You see, church, Paul was writing this to the Philippians. It doesn't say that Paul was writing this to the pastor. It doesn't say that Paul was writing this to the missionary or to the elders or to the deacons. But he says, Paul was writing this to the Philippian church. And so that means Paul is writing this letter to you and to me. And he's telling us that we need to begin to live out our Christian faith and we need to begin to walk in who God's called us to be. You see, I think too many times as a church, we, we, we tend to come to church and we get filled up and then we leave these four walls and then we do nothing with it. And what Paul is telling us here is, church, you've got to start living out your Christian faith. You have to start talking to your neighbor. You have to start talking to your, the, your loved ones, the people in your own home. My wife, she was raised in a non-Christian home. Her parents weren't saved. None of her brothers and sisters were. Her first mission field was to her family. She was saved at the age of, of 12, 13 years old, and, and she knew that she was called into missions, but she knew her first call was to her family. And so I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe that's your, that's, Maybe that's your story. Excuse me, and you don't you don't come from a Christian home. And so that's your mission field. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and and you you you're like me and you were raised in a Christian home and and my parents were pastors and missionaries, and so I I live I've lived this life a long time and and lived in this 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 way of life, and I become complacent in my relationship with the Lord even. But I feel like the Lord is challenging us and he's saying, Scott, it's time to start living out your Christian faith. Stop expecting somebody else to do it when you needs to do it. I was with my family. This was a, f- a few years ago. We were out to dinner or out to breakfast with my mom and dad and, and my wife and my kids. And we were sitting there. And, and how many of you ever pray that, Lord, give me somebody to talk to today? Or, Lord, show yourself real to me today. And so we were. St- I, it was my prayer at that time. and It is today even more so now than ever before. But we were sitting there, and, and I had prayed that that morning. We walked in and it was a Bob Evans restaurant. We were sitting there and all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit say, Scott, you need to go talk to that person over there. I was like, Lord, really? I just that morning had prayed, God, give me somebody to talk to. Does that happen to anybody or is that just me? I see a few hands out there. Praise the Lord. Like some of you are listening this morning. But I said, Lord, give me somebody to talk to. And then he goes, go talk to that person. I'm like, not me, Lord. Somebody else. And because of my relationship with my wife, she knows when something's not right in my mind or I'm thinking about something. And she looks at me and she goes, Scott, what's wrong with you? I said, the Lord told me to go talk to that person over there. And I was like, and she's like, well, just go do it. I was like, well, it's that easy for you to say go do it. Maybe I was supposed to tell you to go talk to her. Maybe the Holy Spirit was using me to speak to you. But she didn't see it that way. But I did. And so I did what probably everybody in this room does. I started challenging the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'll go talk to that person, but let me finish my food first. And then I was like, Lord, let me pay the bill, and then if she's still here, I'll go talk to her. How many of you, you know, like, I'm trying to drag this thing out as long as I can. I'm one of those guys, as soon as I'm done eating, I ask for the bill because I want to move on to the next thing. And uh, so we were sitting there. I took my time, and sure enough, we got done, and we paid the bill, and she was still sitting there. I was like, oh, Lord, please, No. So I said to Aaron and and my mom and dad, I said, guys, go to the car, I'll be right there. So I went up to this lady and I said, I know you don't know who I am, but I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you that he loves you. I expected her response to be, oh, sit down and let's talk. That's so awesome. I was praying this morning that, that I just needed to hear a word from the Lord. But that's not what happened at all. She looked at me and she was like, who are you? Like you psycho weirdo, get get out of my way! You're like just leave me. You're embarrassing me. Please move on. How many has that ever happened to? And I was like, so I, I so I left. I just <laughs> left and walked out. And so I I was as I was walking, I was like, Lord, what was that for? I didn't need to get beat up today. And the Lord said, Scott, if I can't trust you with the small things, how am I going to be able to trust you with the big things? And, church, I think we as a church, we have been trusted with a bunch of small things. And the Lord's saying to us today, now it's time for the big things. This COVID 19 thing is a scary thing. The government's telling us not to have church. Satan's not wanting us to have church because we're all living in fear and we're scared of what's going to happen. I said to somebody yesterday, I think I was talking to them at this missions thing that we were at. And I said, You know, I said, I'm right with the Lord. I said, I hope. The COVID-19 comes here and I get to go home, get to go home to heaven. There's nothing to be feared about if we have Christ as our Lord and Savior, nothing at all. And we have the answer to the wor- what the world's looking for. They think the answer is toilet paper, right? How many of you tried to go buy toilet paper in the last two days and the shelves are completely empty? And then you see a couple rolls of toilet paper and you're like, well, would that work? And you're like, no, nah, probably not. But the world is coming, it's like, like the world feels like it's coming to an end, doesn't it? And we have the answer. As Pastor said a few minutes ago, my dad passed away a couple, about two years ago now, just over two years of cancer. And I've often said if somebody had the cure for cancer, they would be shouting it from the rooftops. They wouldn't care who knew or where they were. Or what situ- setting they were in, they would shout up from the rooftops and say, I have a cure for cancer. But church, you and I, we have the cure for life. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ and because who Christ, what Christ did on the cross for you and for me, we have the answer to life. But we're, just, we're putting it in our back pocket. We're not carrying it with us. And I think some of us maybe are in this, in this state of mind because maybe we don't feel like we're prepared enough or There's no way that that God would call me to do that. And so I'm, I'm brought to the story of David in the Bible where David was one of these guys who was just shepherding sheep. But then he was called to be king. David was just a little shepherd boy, but God wanted him to be king. And so if God can take David from being a shepherd boy to being a king, imagine what God can do for you and for me. Hebrews 13.8 tells us that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our God is not any different than the same God of David. So why do you think that he would not want to use us to do what God's called us to do? Why would you think that he hasn't prepared us to do what he's called us to do? And he has. You see, David's preparation started when he was shepherding the sheep. David, the first thing that he had to do was protect the sheep. Guess how he protected the sheep? With the slingshot. He killed a lion and a bear with a stone and a slingshot. And then the scripture goes on to tell us that if if the slingshot didn't take care of it, then he grabbed this animal, this beast by his hands and took care of it and beat it with a club. This was David being prepared for what God had called him to do. And we know the rest of the story because then God took David from leading his sheep to leading his people, but he had to go through this training period to get there. And one of those training things was David and Goliath. How many of you know the David and Goliath story? He took a stone that he, was, he learned to use when he was just a little shepherd boy, shepherding sheep, animals. And he changed history because he took the stone and he killed Goliath. You see, God is preparing you and me for what he's called us to do. We don't have an excuse anymore, church, because whom God calls he qualifies. Whom God calls, he qualifies. And I'm not saying that you don't need to have an education and that you don't need to study. Say God calls you to be a minister. By all means, please get your education. You need to do that. Because scripture also tells us study to show yourself approved. But for you and for me, the average Christian, the, those that, that aren't going to necessarily stand up here and preach, that doesn't mean that it's just the pastor's job to do all of that. It's your and I's job to reach the lost. You and I have the answer for what what the world needs. David had zero qualifications to be king, but God knew exactly what he needed to be able to be trained. What I love about the Lord is he doesn't see things the way humans see things. You see, when David was chosen to be king, David's father Jesse saw all of his brothers, lined up all of his brothers, And when they were there looking to see who they were going to anoint king, Jesse, David's dad, was like, surely this is the one. And then he goes, nope, that's not the one. Then he goes through all of his brothers. And then Jesse, David's dad, is asked, he goes, do you have one more son? Well, yeah, but he's out shepherding the sheep. His own dad didn't even think that he was qualified to do what God was asking to be king his own dad but God knew exactly what he wanted and he took David from shepherding the sheep to leading his people church it's up to you and to me to reach the lost that God has called us to reach it's up to you and I to be the answer for this COVID-19 issue this this pandemic that's happening across the world But it's going to take you and I as Christians to not be just Christians sitting on the sidelines, but it's time for us to get in the game and do what God's called us to do. For you young people that are coming out of this great weekend, I can remember many years in my life going through um, youth conventions and everything and youth camps and, and the excitement that happens from those events. And let me challenge you this morning, young people, to take what you've experienced this weekend and hold on to it. Take a journal or a book or something and write in it and say exactly what God's done. And those of you that have been called into ministry, write it down. Write the date down. Write down specifically what God said to you that He wants you to do. Because what's going to happen is His life's going to continue on and then you're going to get farther and farther away from this weekend and you're going to begin to forget. But God called you. And maybe some of you are sitting there this morning and you're saying, Well, I don't feel qualified. Like there's no way God would call me to do that. I can't even give a a speech in speech class. How How in the world am I going to get up and speak in front of people? God will prepare you for what he's called you to do. God will provide what he needs to provide for you to do what he's called you to do. I know when God called my family to go to Cape Town, I didn't feel qualified to do what God had called us to do. I didn't feel like I had been educated or, or even had what, what it would take to be a missionary. I'm like, a missionary is somebody that has all these special gifts and I didn't have any of them. But the Lord said, Scott, I've called you. So we went. And one of the things that I had learned in my life through ministry and being in, in my, even with my parents was building relationships. And building relationships was one of the key things about being a missionary. Well, everybody can have somebody over for Food. So Everybody can have somebody over to their house and just talk to them about life and stuff. And that's what we did with the pastors and with other people. And we had pastors that had said to us, they said, Pastor, we haven't done this in years. We're so glad that you're here. Just being real with people. That's all God wants us to be. And out of relationship, then God allows us to have other conversations with these people. But church, it's time that we start being the Church. And I want to close with this passage of Scripture and challenging you this morning. It's in Psalms chapter 78, verses 70 through 72. He chose David his servant, and he took him from the sheep pens. From tending to the sheep, he brought him to be, in the, shepherd of his, to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob. And David shepherded them with an integrity of heart, and with skillful hands he led them. And so my question for you this morning is, is are you willing to be a David? Are you willing to be a David? Will you go when God calls you to go? Will you say those conversations with those people that are uncomfortable to have those conversations with when God tells us it's time to have that conversation? When you're sitting at a restaurant and the Holy Spirit nudges you and says, go talk to that person. Will you go and have that conversation? Even if the outcome is not what you expect it to be, will you go? I want you to think about this past week. What have you done to live out your Christian faith? What have you done to to live out your faith outside these four walls? Have you shared your faith with the people around you? As people come up and talk to you and tell you stories about what's happening in the world or how they're scared or frightened, did you share about the love of Christ? And say, I know you're frightened I know you're scared, but let me tell you about my Jesus who brings peace in the storm. That's what God's saying to us today as a church. We have to live outside these four walls and live out our Christian faith. We have the answer, church. Are you living your life to the fullest and living out your Christian faith? Are you just getting by day by day? That's my challenge to you this morning. Let's pray, Father. I'm grateful this morning for who you are, God, and for all that you do for us. Lord, I'm thankful that you have called every single one of us into ministry, Father. And for some of us, that is across the hallway. For some of us, that's across the street. For some of us, it's halfway around the world. But Lord, you've called every single one of us. Lord, I pray that as we have the answer, God, to this world problem that is is happening right before our eyes. Lord, I pray that we will start being the church that you've ordained us to be and called us to be, Father. Help us to not think about ourselves and to be worried about the things that are happening today. Because, Lord, I know that you hold today and you hold tomorrow and you hold next week and you hold next year. And the year after that, Lord, you know what's going to happen. Lord, give us the courage to speak to those around us, God, that that need to hear the truth, that need to hear about your peace that you bring, Father. Lord, help us to be people that live out our Christian faith for you. Lord, I pray for this church. Lord, I pray for Pastor and his wife as they lead this congregation. God, I pray that they will be a light into this city. Lord, that they will be a light into this dark world right around this church, God. Lord, I pray a blessing, God, that you will bless them as as the church spends time on their knees praying for missionaries and praying for the harvest, God. Bless them of that time back. Lord, as this church invests in missions, God, financially, God, I pray that you will bless them back, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Please visit us at our table in the back. We have prayer cards we'd love to put in
0: your hands. Thank you. Hey, give it up. Thank you, Scott. God bless you, man. Love you. Bless, you. bless you, bro. Hallelujah. I want to take that and say yes, don't you? I want to say yes. So, hey, let's start. Today, God opens the door for you. Say yes. I'll go talk to that person. I'll give a shout out of praise. Whatever it may be that God encourages you to do. Maybe just to give somebody like this morning I had the opportunity. and I, I uh, thought about that with the cards, you know, God bless your cards. And so as Starbucks earlier this morning, the sheriff was behind me and I, and I knew, you know, he, he sees the back of my car and I have on a, the tag that says Abundant Life Community Church. So I said, well, let me pay for his. And so um, she says, well, I'll tell him. I said, well, he'll know who I am because of the, the tag on, <laughs> on my car. And so, you know, just different ways to share the love of God, amen? So it's like, okay. Uh, we want to share the love of God now with... The palm Grants. I want you to prepare in your heart to give. Three different ways to give today. Here's why because, you know, these guys, they come home and itinerate, and uh, they travel for about a year trying to raise new funds, new pledges from churches and peoples uh, that, that not only help them supply their personal family needs, but also they have to cover all their ministry expenses. All their ministry expenses comes through these monthly peds, and I know that you've got to raise an extra 3000 So, Generally, the, the longer you're there, the more it's going to cost, because why? Because your ministry expands, and the needs get bigger, and so well, that, that ticks up the cost. You said it right. The gospel's free, but the delivery of it is costly, <laughs> right? And so we've got to help pay for that delivery. And then also, uh, to be able to travel, to be able to come back and go... In, in lieu of uh, medical expenses, et cetera, et cetera, they've got to raise a cash amount to be set of $30,000. So it's just a chunk of change. So in a year's time, they've got to raise $3,000 a month and $30,000 with cash for them to be able to be mobile and to be able to come and go, et cetera, et cetera. So they've got a big mountain to climb, and that's a, that's another burden that they have. How many know God wants to help take care of that burden? Amen. Well, that's where we partner with them in this. We partner with them in this. So, your gift today, make it out to Abundant Life or ALCC, and you can do it one of these three ways, either a cash or check and uh, then or through uh, online giving, ALCCN.org slash give and then uh, just make a note if you're giving missionary online or in text. Make a note on the text for missionary, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But let's go ahead and and do that right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to partner with Scott and Aaron and the boys in Cape Town. And God, all that you're doing through urban tribes all across Africa, we ask for your rich blessings to be, to be upon them. We ask that God, you'll give them great favor, not only for the funds, uh, but God, also for the team members. And then also the doors, the right doors with the right places and the right people at the right time to open there in Cape Town for effective ministries to take place. Bless them mightily, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that we can share with them in the harvesting of souls. Oh, God, they're in Africa. Thank you that we can be co-laborers together with you and them for that harvest, Lord. And we give you the praise as we have this opportunity now to partner. Financially speaking, as well as in prayer, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.